0: Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for joining me today. You found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Tuesday, July 20th. And today I'm going to start something really special. So my friend, Dr. Kathy Cook, who is the founder of Celebrate Kids and has been a dear friend of mine for a long time, is going to join me for the next several days. Kathy was in town And we got to talking about what's going on in the culture. You guys, this might be one of my favorite interviews that I have ever done. We're gonna hit some very, very tender topics in the culture, but you guys are gonna be blessed. We're gonna do this for the next several days. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. By now you've heard that I'm running for Congress to replace Jamie Herrera Butler, representing Washington State's 3rd Congressional District. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a business owner, I'm an author and a speaker, and I've lived in this district for a very long time, and I am asking you for the honor to represent you in the House of Representatives. We've got some huge deadlines coming up for fundraising. We need to take this country back. We were once the party of ideas, you guys, but we have devolved into a cult of personality, and we have lost our way. I want to bring common sense back to the floor of the House of Representatives. Now is the time for a new generation of conservative leaders to stand up, and I am here to stand in the gap for Washington State. For more information, go to HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. You can sign up to volunteer, get on our prayer team, and support this run financially. This ad was paid for by friends of Heidi St. John for Congress. So thanks for tuning in today. So today is gonna be the first installment of my uh, series of interviews with my friend, uh, Dr. Kathy Cook. As I said in the intro, Kathy is the executive director and the founder of Celebrate Kids. I always tell people when they ask me about Kathy, she's a little bit like a Pied Piper with kids. And I think as a general rule, Kids have kind of a sixth sense about people. And the first time I ever heard uh, Dr. Kathy speak, it was at a homeschool convention. And I just, I was mesmerized, mesmerized by her heart for children, just drawn into her obvious love for the Lord, and she has a very important message. Uh, We're going to talk about why it's so important for parents and pastors and teachers to engage our children, particularly in a culture that is very confused about sexuality and gender. This is going to be a hard-hitting conversation, and I'm going to air it um, probably throughout the week, because I, once the interview started, I just couldn't. I just thought this is what the Lord wants to do. So this is a really special interview and I hope you guys enjoy it. So without further ado, I'm gonna air part one of my interview with Dr. Kathy Cook. I want to take some time today to introduce one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Dr. Kathy is here visiting me. She's actually in the studio with me, which means I got to give her a tour of the Homeschool Resource Center. Uh, I met Kathy several years ago on the Homeschool Speaking Circuit, and she is a treasure and a treat. And Dr. Kathy, wow. Welcome to the show. Thank
1: you. You're so kind. It's so good to be here in your space. Yeah. I love it. It's so impressive.
0: Well, usually you and I, because we've done the podcast several times. Right. But it's usually just remotely.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. So this is just fun. The Lord has given you a great work, and you guys are doing a wonderful thing with it.
0: Well, thank you. And you've really been a part of it over the years, because I've talked with you about the vision, and this is what we're doing, and boy, you know, this is working and this isn't working. And while we're doing this, the Lord's really been growing your ministry. So I would love for you just to take a couple minutes and tell, because we have a lot of new listeners now, and they're not familiar with you or the wonderful work you do at Celebrate Kids. So tell us a little bit about Dr. Kathy and what just really— what motivates you to do all the wonderful things that God's given you to do?
1: Yeah, thanks. So right, the ministry is celebrate kids. You know, we want kids celebrated for who they are and not just for what they do. I was a celebrated kid. My brother was a celebrated kid. And that's why we do what we do. I wish that children were known and appreciated for who they are and not just for what they can do.
0: Wouldn't that change the narrative right now? It would. Yeah,
1: It would. And parents need to lean in and find out, you know, what turns you on and what ticks you off. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the challenging things that I say to parents is that you need to raise the children you were given, not the children you wish you had.
0: Wow. Right? (laughs) Because
1: you all dream of having a ballerina and you get an accountant or... You know, you want a you know, violin player, you get a drummer, or you have a kid on the spectrum, and you didn't pray for that. But God's the intentional designer, and God's personal, and he loves us, and he knows what is best. And, you know, they're not perfect kids, but they're perfectly imperfect for you, and you're the perfect mom for that kid or the perfect dad or the perfect grandmother. Otherwise, that wouldn't be the narrative because God makes all those choices. And so we want to partner with parents to help them, strategically raise the children God intends for them to have.
0: Mm, I love that. And truly, I think probably now more than ever before in the history of our country and even of the world, parents need to hear this because what's happening is our kids come to us with frustrations or they come with worries and fears, and we're listening to the world's wisdom. And the world is saying, well, if your kid doesn't like the way they are, if you don't like the way they are, then you can change them into something that they're actually not And it's devastating.
1: It's devastating, dangerous. We're not going to know for several years, Heidi the horrific effect of that particular question and answer kind of scenario. Yeah. You know, we can change our attitudes toward the things that cannot change. You know, you know, I'm tall. I'm one. Yeah. And I, when I was about six, I said to my mom, I don't want to be tall anymore. And I was clumsy. I don't know if you can relate to this, but I tripped over things that weren't even there. Oh, yeah. Right. And it was not a good thing. And, yeah. you know, I praise God that my mom didn't look at me and go, well, get over it. You're going to be tall. Like, how would a six-year-old understand that? But she heard my heart. And by the end of the week, my mom and dad enrolled me in tap dance class. And I got to be the center of the back row, which I decided was a position of high honor because only the tallest girl could be there. So I went from being too tall. And now kids tell me, hey, Dr. Kathy, you're cool tall which I just love. But you know what, Heidi, that happened because I had a mom who was available, a mom who I knew I could trust with my heartache, who I knew would talk to my dad, her husband. They were solution-focused. One of the things I love about you is how solution-focused you are. You know, we see problems, but we see very quickly, oh, why don't we try this? And why don't we try that? And my parents, praise God, were solution-focused, uh, tap dance coordination. Now I have no trouble putting my suitcases into the overhead bin when I travel. I sit on a stool when I speak because of my bad foot, but people can see me when I speak, and I could be four feet ten and be a speaker. But you know, God allowed me to be tall, and it's a little bit easier. And but when I was a kid, I didn't know it. When I was a kid, I didn't like being tall. I was the tallest until ninth grade of all the boys and girls, and it was a little bit socially awkward. I and I love to tell kids, you got to live long and be strong and find out why you are the who you are. And parents need to be alert to that. What's the heartache? And if it can't be changed, be honest with your kids. You know, Heidi, can you imagine if I would have prayed every night, oh, Father God, make me short. Oh, could I please be short? And I'm not going to wake up short. And then I'm mad at God. I don't believe he hears prayers. I'm mad at my parents who were not honest with me. All right? And, and I had a kid say, well, Dr, Dr. Kathy Lady, if you went and played basketball with the NBA, you'd be short. And I'd be like, no, I'd feel short, but I'd still be tall. That's right. Don't lie to yourself.
0: Boy, that's so good. You know, just that honesty is so important. And what's missing right now in the culture is we've sacrificed truth on the altar of of mercy. You know, we think we're being so merciful to say, oh, you don't like that. You don't like the body that you're in or you don't like the gender that you were born with. And so we're lying to these kids and we're telling them, oh, you can change your gender. But the truth is, and you and I both know, and I think actually almost every human being on the planet knows, we can't change our gender. So why aren't we helping our kids love themselves in the gender that they are and accept themselves for who God made them to be? He's got a wonderful, you know, it's like VeggieTales, right? You know, God made you special and he loves you very much, yes. you know, just the way that you came, you know. And I, I wasn't, I'm not as tall as you or I was, well, I'm starting to shrink now, let's be honest. <laughs> But I think at my at my at the height of my height I was you know five eight. But for me, I I grew up a tomboy. You know I was playing because I had a brother, you know just eleven months older than me, and so I grew up playing Lincoln Logs and and climbing trees. And I was the tomboy of tomboys. I'm so glad that my mom didn't say, "I wonder if you might be a boy." Yeah. And that's what's happening today, and it's very sad. And I and I love that you say that your parents celebrated you. And that is such a beautiful gift that parents can give their children, you know, to say, I'm sorry that this is hurting you, but it's such a beautiful thing. This thing, you know, or you're sad about this. Let's talk about it. They weren't afraid to talk to you. They weren't afraid for you to say, you know, because sometimes I think we can skirt the issue or just avoid it. There was no avoiding, but they didn't lie to you.
1: They didn't lie to me and they helped me handle the heartache of it all. But then also to give me the physical skill. I was clumsy. Mm -hmm. And they knew that that was difficult and challenging. And my mom, who was tall, my dad, who was taller, they knew that, boy, we better help her, you know, figure out that this is the way that she's going to have to live her life. And it is the parent's responsibility, isn't it, to help a child feel comfortable in her own skin?
0: Oh, man. You know, it's interesting. I haven't thought about this in 100 years, uh, but I had terrible handwriting, like terrible handwriting. And when I was in seventh grade, my mom was like, wow, that is... That is some ugly handwriting you got there. Like <laughs> It was bad. And my mom said, why don't we put you in a calligraphy class? And so she put me in a calligraphy course, and I took it for seventh and eighth grade. And I'm still not good at calligraphy, but guess what? I have good handwriting.
1: That was a brilliant solution your mom had.
0: Mm-hmm. And she said, you're, you're going to learn a new skill, and maybe just maybe you won't be embarrassed by your handwriting when you're done with it. Because I had this very, you know, very, very skinny, very narrow. It looked like a man's hand, like a doctor's handwriting almost, you know. And my mom said, no one can read that, you know, but let's try something different. She was a solutions girl. You know, she didn't say, wow, you failed your handwriting class. She said, let's try calligraphy. You know, let's try a a different approach. And I think there are a lot of parents listening to this right now. Who, because of COVID and all the other things, all of a sudden they – they and they were all along. They just didn't realize it, right, in the driver's seat of their child's education. Mm-hmm. And their kids are coming to them with problems that may not, they may not have the answer to. But you're saying these kids are worth um, investing in. They're worth just listening to their heart and loving on them the best way that you can. And that love, that foundation piece is what sets them on this solid path for, for success as they get older, and it's so awesome.
1: Absolutely. You know, love shows up, doesn't it? Mm. Love shows up. That'd
0: be a good t-shirt. It you guys would. have the best t-shirts. You should totally do oh, that one. Oh, thank you. Love you shows know, up. I love Love shows
1: that. up. It it's it's the questions we ask, it's the answers we give, it's the listening. You know, Heidi, uh, children tell me on a regular basis, they'll say things like, you know, my mom loves me, she has to. I wish she liked me. Oh. My dad my dad, I think my dad loves me, but you know, he doesn't have a choice, you know, (laughs) which is kind of true. Yeah, and then but I wish my dad liked me. Like I don't think he really wants to play checkers. I don't think my mom really wants to watch me ride my bike. Mm. So they'll they'll say, you know, it's hard for me to ask my parents to participate or to play a game. or Because I I wish we would play more, quite frankly. That's probably a whole other episode. And I wish we would play with our children because there's a lot we discover about them in those moments. But, you know, do we like our children? Now that's, I mean, that'll preach, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're a believer listening to us, do you understand God is good and God is a good creator and God is a strategic, intentional, personal creator? I'm not tall by accident. When God knit me together, he knew what he was doing. And one of the things, Heidi, that I think you know I love to say is that knitting is a precise skill. Yeah. When the knitter begins to knit, you know, he chooses the type of yarn, the color of the yarn, the size of the needles, and what to make in advance. Because if you don't decide in advance, you have a s- scarf hat, mitten glove, sweater afghan, really ugly thing with no purpose. Yeah. Yeah. God knew what he was doing. Do we know that in the knowing of our knowing? And that's what you know. You and I are all about that. Let's partner. Let's help parents partner with their children to discover what's there that's been hidden that hasn't yet been seen. Let's let's direct. You know, if you see a, a true story, a girl who knew that I was an author came to me in a school setting and said, "You know, I I'm a I'm a nonfiction writer." She knew that I wrote nonfiction, and she and I I'm not very much into fiction. I don't. See with my eyes, so I don't see the action, and so it's not not my gifting. I, I have a hard time with adjectives with what I write, you know. And, and I don't know if you do or not, but I have yeah. to add adjectives strategically. <laughs> or we just
0: call Andrew Pudaw and say, yeah. <laughs> "I need an I need an adjective." <laughs>
1: exactly,
0: <laughs> you know. So she said, "You know, I I, I think
1: I'm really good at the." like the nonfiction report writing my economics teacher, my biology teacher. But I, I'd love to write fiction better. And she was so upset that she couldn't write stories like maybe other kids in the class. Well, then I, I overheard someone say to her that she's she's got a great ethics. You know, she's got great character, that she has great integrity, that she doesn't exaggerate. She's very clear in her writing. And there's great accuracy in her writing. And she looked at me and I looked at her and I said, perhaps you could be an ethical journalist one day.
0: I was going to say, how about she goes to work for the newspaper? They could sure use one. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. An ethical writer? What? Yeah. Yeah. And
1: and she looked at me in kind of a a tilt of the head. Like, wait, say that again. I wonder if the character and the heart combined with the mind and the skill could could this be your gifting and you could this be a passion maybe you don't need to be a fiction writer maybe you stay in the strength that you clearly have we've got to give kids a vision for why they are the who they are mm. otherwise they might as well die yeah. and the suicide rates terrible yeah. Because we're not giving them
0: hope. No, and 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 really, and this has been the, my, my uh, heart's cry for a long time. I know it's yours, too. The, God's people are the people that God speaks to, right, that the Holy Spirit speaks to. We actually have access to the Creator God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and we see such a problem in the culture right now. And I think so much of it is based on, you know, instead of working with the Creator, we're working against Him. Right? right. Instead of saying, Lord, we see that you you've created this and we're going to embrace what you did. And we're going to say, Lord, what is it? the unique gifting and the unique, the unique skills and the unique thing that you have planned for this child or even for me or for you, you and I just talking about that you know before we started recording, I think it would change the narrative because what we're doing right now, rather than lean into the Creator for wisdom about the creation, we're leaning into the wisdom of man and it's failing us. It's failing.
1: Yes, and we're not leaning into just the wisdom of man. We're leaning into the deception of man, oh yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. He God, The God of the Bible, and sadly, I always say the God of the Bible. When I'm out and about, hey, Matt, Heidi, I don't say God anymore because no. everyone thinks they know him. Mm-hmm. But the God of the Bible is creator with a capital C, mm-hmm. and he knows what he's doing. And, um, you know, we can ache with people and we can pray with people, what do we model in our own lives? You know, is there a mom or a dad listening and they're they're thinking ladies change the subject because there's something about them that they don't like and appreciate? That I don't I will say it boldly, that will be caught by your children that you're dissatisfied or questioning constantly still. When do we get to a place of trusting God and choosing contentment even when things don't make sense?
0: Oh boy, and that is I mean and I think you're talking to the heart of every mother for sure that's listening to this because we're always struggling with that, aren't we? We struggle with what we see in the mirror. We struggle with the, you know, the results that we got back from, you know, whatever it was we were we were pursuing, or maybe it's a brand new homeschool mom who just feels like she's failing and she's questioning whether or not God even, you know, am I the right mom for these kids? I'm not cut out for this job and yet the Lord of Heaven's army said, Oh yes you
1: are. Oh yes you are. Yes you are. Yeah. I love to tell, I just told a bunch of homeschool parents that on your worst day, you are your child's best teacher. Oh, I No one will that. love them more. Uh, no one would want the best for them more than you, I pray. Yeah. So even on your worst day, and we're all going to have... Bad days. We're human and it's complex what the Lord has called you to do. But even on your worst day, you're the best that you could possibly be for those kids.
0: Well, and what you were just saying a minute ago, I think it's so true. Uh, is that love shows up Mm -hmm. and you're showing up for your kids when you're saying, you know, we're going to, I'm going to keep at this homeschool thing. And I'm going to learn right along with you guys. And the Lord's going to show up for me, just like he's showing up for you. And all of a sudden, instead of working against the creator, we're working in harmony with him. And that's kind of a precious thing, you know, that we're getting an opportunity to do right now.
1: I think more than a kind of, my friend, kind of, that's a, it's a beautiful thing, Yeah. right? The community that God has in himself. Yeah with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we can have with God to, mm-hmm. to go there for the belonging we need, yeah. for the affirmation we need, if you will, mm-hmm. and then, again, the community that we can have here on earth, of course, mm-hmm. that that would not be another whole show we mm-hmm. could do, but mm-hmm. um, yes, to lean in, to know the Creator, and to want to be known by the Creator.
0: And to- what a message. Like, you were just saying a minute ago, and I just, I keep coming back to you because so I thought... Man, there's so many moms. My mom heart is so for these mothers who are being lied to on a hundred different levels right now. We are living in a time of incredible deception. I've actually never seen anything like it. And in a generation of biblically illiterate Christians. Mm. So men and women who should know God's word but don't and they can't defend it. And you can't pass on what you don't possess. You can't give your kids what you don't have. And so we start by just going, Lord, who am I? Tell me how you see me. Show me. You know, what, did, what was God thinking when he gave Heidi St. John, a woman who grew up in an abusive home and can't keep houseplants alive, what was he thinking when he gave me seven children? Surely he knew <laughs> that I was the wrong girl for that job, right? Surely God was like, oh, I don't know. That Heidi, she didn't see it modeled very well. I don't think she could do it. But yet in his wisdom, Amen. he said, no, I think seven's good for her. You know, and there are parents who need to hear that right now who are feeling like I got thrust into this homeschool thing, or maybe that number four baby was a surprise and I just didn't think I could do it. But God said, no, you can, Mm -hmm. you can, because he works with us. Absolutely.
1: And he doesn't leave us alone either. He works with us. Absolutely. Do we pray and wait for answers? Do we fellowship with him? You know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Heidi, but my pastor, Dr. Stephen Lowry, teaches us that prayer is a communication with our best friend, and we should not say amen at the end of our first prayer. So in our church, our morning prayer, whatever yeah. it is that we pray as we awaken, we don't end it with amen because we he wants us to keep the conversation in, going, Keep absolutely, keep the conversation, keep the communion mm-hmm. with God alive. And so I will sometimes in the middle of the day, I mean, I'm, I I pray constantly, but I'll sometimes start you know, hey, God, it's me again, you know, and, and I have to be careful when I'm doing it in a public setting because I don't want it to come across like I have brought God down to my level. Right, I right. clearly know God is on the throne mm-hmm. and he is the authority of all, including me. And yet we are friends of God yeah. if we're if we're followers of Christ. And to know that and to, he cares about everything and he delights when we want him to know what's going on with our everything. Yeah. It changes you when you commune with the Father. And I think that allows us to see more of the creative intent, which then allows us to celebrate more. And I want to say something, Heidi, you know, my parents were not believers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were. I was raised in church with That's my right. brother Dave. That's right. you telling me. Yes. We were raised in church. I come from a very good family. Mm-hmm. went to church and school with aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins and went to church camp and Sunday school and Taught Sunday school. No, it's all good. Came to faith in Christ at 19. My parents, my dad right before he died, mm. and my mom a few weeks before that and lived the last seven years of her life as a believer in the Lord Jesus. Wow. So I just want to encourage people, too, that it is never too late to develop an understanding that that God is good. Mm. And my parents on their own were able to do an excellent job. That's really remarkable. I'm sitting here thinking,
0: yeah.
1: wow, yeah, they were good people.
0: Thanks for listening today to the podcast, you guys. I hope that you're encouraged and blessed. If you want more information about Dr. Kathy Cook and her ministry to families, you can go to celebratekids.com or you can go to the show notes today. As always, we love it when you leave reviews for this show over at iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got questions, comments, if you wanna tell me how you've gotten off the bench, the way to do that is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Thanks for tuning in today and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.